Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Time Fun Podcast. I'm your coworker L, and let's get started. Halo, Episode 5, Reckoning. Alright, we're back with Halo. Or at least I'm still talking about Halo. <laughs> well, actually, I, I kind of like this episode. It was, it was got a lot more action, um, got more things going on. It started off a little bit slow, but... I mean, considering all the prior episodes, this is a lot better. I'd say this is kind of closer to what we got out of the episode one, because you got straight into the action and, you know, it got pretty gruesome again. So, hey, that's cool. That's why I got TV 14 for violence and language. But hey, it's all good because this is finally getting closer to like, all right, the nuts and bolts of things, you know, the really like halo war that we're supposed to be seeing not not holy war halo war <laughs> we start off the episode with dr halsey and little john well actually it's kind of a <laughs> little john not the rapper <laughs> john 117 before he was a spartan um i guess in the the place where he grew up after his parents were passed i don't know because he seemed to be in some kind of orphanage with all these other kids and then you see Dr. Halsey walking through. And as a surprise, you say, oh, hey, it's Captain uh, Captain Keys there, Captain Jacob Keys. You know, when they're still married or together, or whatever. And then they're, apparently they're both involved in taking John when he was a kid, basically kidnapping him. And you see little snippets of that. I think uh, you know, they kind of flipped this around from the what was it, prior episode when he saw Dr. Halsey with him as a kid. At his parents' home when he was still alive, they probably could have used that clip for this episode, but yeah, whatever. It all kind of works out in the end, anyways. All right, so after this uh, little, I guess, background scene or um, kind of flashback, you get to current times where Master Chief, Doctor Halsey, they've all um, continue on from the last episode where they find the artifact and now they're trying to like, extract it because it's encased in rock or stone or whatever. And then also you get a little bit of story of from what's happening with Quan and Soren over at Magical. Yeah, that's, that's kind of just whatever. <laughs> so, but when you get to the point where the artifact is being extracted and then you get this point where they're using this tool to like, I guess, laser cut into it and then it just shatters and there's just loud sound. This artifact is like, whatever, it makes a wow sound. <laughs> And then it just, it reverberates. It's kind of funny when that happens because that Covenant human girl, I guess McKee is her name, the blonde chick with short hair. Yeah, she starts spazzing out as soon as it happens. And like, what the heck? All right. And then, oh, I know exactly where it is. So they know to go to Inyad or whatever that planet's called where John grew up. Oh, yeah, let's mention about Kai. I'm still trying to figure out if her doing whatever she's doing now like removing her hormonal suppressing pellet thing and basically copying master chief saying like hey you could do it why can i i mean is this gonna be necessary or are they gonna all the other two spartans ruzak and vanek uh gonna start removing their hormonal pellets and whatever yeah i don't know okay i guess it just increases tension or drama or you know it it's able to create that moment like when the covenant attacks and then kai is getting all like ptsd from all soldiers dying around her whereas before if she had the pellet then i guess it wouldn't phase her at all 
But then, uh, what's that make of Master Chief? He doesn't get all like that? Well, I guess he does in other situations because he spazzes out some other things. Like, whenever he holds that artifact, he spazzes out too. <laughs> oh yeah, and he did almost try to pretty much kill Dr. Halsey. Except for her, like, calling out Cortana and just like, boop, cut the lights out. Just knocks out. So, that's something. A little, uh trick up Dr. Halsey's sleeve using Cortana. Of course, we all knew that was going to happen anyways, right? <laughs> so the action, we get a lot of action, a fight scene, you know, when the Covenant attacks, trying to get the, the artifact item. And this was pretty cool because you got those little grunt guys with the shields. And I remember that from the game. I don't remember what they're called, but man, they tore through all those Marines like nothing. Like, geez, this is going to be another massacre. I thought the Marines would have had a little bit of fight to them, not just get just massacred by like one little what, shield and sword dude, and it only up to the freaking Marines. I mean, not the Marines, the freaking Spartans to save them all. Come on. Yeah. And if all those Marines died, dude, Captain Key should have died along with them easily. Oh, that's so funny when he was like, hey, Sergeant, I need you to get to those anti-air. <laughs> yes, sir runs off and he gets exploded. I was like, oh, oh sent that guy to his death. <laughs> so yeah, like I mentioned, since Kai removed her hormonal suppressing pellet thing, she gets all PTSD. So of course, Master Chief has to go and save her instead of protecting the artifact. And yeah, so we get that moment. And of course, the artifact gets stolen or not exactly stolen, but taken from them. And then you get this huge Covenant dude. I don't know what his name is. I'm sure he's going to be a big character later on. Because definitely was able to knock Chief Master Chief. Just like uh, when Master Chief was trying to run up to him. And he picked up that shield and tried to block that freaking huge ass mace. That huge monster thing had. Oh man. Monster. Uh, whatever that Covenant thing. Just like smack. And then hit Master Chief like way out there. I was like oh man. This is going to be a good battle to watch later on. Well, at least I hope they do it. And then they end the episode with that Covenant human girl, McKee, uh, being dropped off. I guess uh, they're going to pretend that she's been a prisoner or whatever, hostage for all this time. And of course, she's going to just sneak her way in and probably kidnap Master Chief later on. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. I mean, she even said it herself to all those you know, Covenant Chief people that, yeah, I'm going to get them. So overall, I like this episode. I think the saving grace for this is whenever we get to the actual action moments. I'm still not okay with the fact that they do a little bit of that first person shooter kind of look. They just need to get rid of it. Like, okay, it was sparingly, it was like one or two times this episode. So that's okay, but just get rid of it and just stick to us as viewers watching the whole action. And you know what? I'm not even getting bothered by the fact that Master Chief keeps taking his helmet off and on all the time. He's like, eh, whatever now, right? I mean, he's been already been bunt naked, so <laughs> yeah, can't get any more than that. Honestly, if we get a full frontal, please, I don't want <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, good episode. Let's see what all the rest are. Just stick to the action. No more uh, story building. That's just lame. <laughs> cool. Alright, Moon Knight, Episode 4, The Tomb. Now, let me preface all this by saying uh, I have not read the Moon Knight comics. I don't know anything about Moon Knight except from 
what we've watched so far on Disney Plus. And so, you know, I, I take it with a different perspective here as someone who hasn't seen it and just enjoys, you know, the Marvel and all the characters in it and seeing what I think of it. So if you haven't heard any of my prior reviews, that's how I'm just taking all these shows, a whole majority of them. And yeah, I hope you uh, find it insightful. But anyways, let's go on. Moving on. <laughs> All right, we start off the episode with one of the avatars for the other gods of the Ennead, uh, bringing Khonshu's like, little stone figure, statue, whatever, little figure of him where he was you know, banished from last episode. In. And you see that there's these cubbies. There's 10 in total, you know, including Khonshu's. So does that mean there's like 10 gods that have all been banished by this group, this Ennead group? And that makes all their numbers dwindling down to like, what, five of them left, you know? Maybe we'll see a little bit more about that later on. Yeah. Moving on, we get back to, I guess, uh, Steven and Mark. Or I guess it's still Steven at the time. And Layla, you know, Layla's saving his butt pretty much because he's knocked out. And there's a uh, Harrow's henchman that's coming after him. And she does uh, some cool acrobatic work there. <laughs> Showing a little bit of her prowess there. You know, she's got some skills. Of course, she showed some of that last episode too, but a little bit more this time. And without a weapon too. She only had a flare. Anyways, so they go on, continue their mission, trying to hunt down Amit's tomb. And they're able to track it using the coordinates they found out from the last episode. And, you know, there's something going on between the two. Of course, you know, it's Layla's feelings for Mark and Stephen Grant. You know, he's kind of got his own different feelings for Layla. Of course, it's not the same because it's Mark's wife, his personality, his, you know, persona, and not Stephen Grant's. He's a whole other person. And also we have clues about a third personality, at least as from the last episode, and a little bit more when we get more into the end here, which we'll talk about in a bit. So when Layla and Stephen, um, I guess, stumble upon that kind of tomb area and you got that, is it an undead um, <laughs> doctor or whatever that's just grabbing the parts from Harrow's henchmen? Oh man, this is kind of scary. Especially the part when like they're trying to escape from it and then Layla's like trying to cross through that like canyon or what I mean, the cave area. And then that monster is like reaching out for her. And then out of the darkness, he like grabs her. It's like, whoa, man, <laughs> this got kind of freaky. I thought she was... Well, you know, it's not it's not gonna be the end of her yet, but then it's just creepy how like he just grabs her from the dark, and then all of a sudden she like comes out and you see her holding the dude, the thing's arm. <laughs> oh man! So as Stephen is on his way to find Amit's tomb, which actually happens to be Alexander the Great's uh, resting place, I guess he was the pharaoh and the avatar or last avatar for Amit, because that is his dead body and sarcophagus and so Layla actually got word that he oh not he but Mark was involved with her father's death yeah they build up to that tension right there not that he was directly responsible but he was partly responsible he was there when her father died so that's basically how they got together because I guess he was probably searching for her trying to make amends and then marrying her it out of guilt or did he actually have feelings i think there's not too many episodes to really pursue this it's two but two left yeah 
Then we get to the point where Harold and his men catch up to Layla and Steven, or I guess Mark now, as he was kind of woken up from Layla, from her, her just getting pissed at him. And man, okay, he gets shot. Does Harold shoot him twice because he knows there's the personality of Mark and the personality of uh, Steven? Or do you just shoot him twice because, you know, body, heart, whatever, you know, going for the kill shot? Eh, we'll see. And then after this, when he falls into the water, you know, he's like, not even face high of water, you know, a couple inches up. But then you see his body start falling into the water and floating down. Not floating. <laughs> going down. And then you take, this is the part where it gets all trippy because... He wakes up in a mental institution and you're like, what the hell is going on? At first you're tripped out. Actually, I, at first when I saw that little uh, video VHS of the Stephen Grant Explorer one that looks like kind of an Indiana Jones ripoff. I thought, oh man, what happened? Did I click on something? Did I go to another episode somewhere? And then, oh, you realize it's still part of Moon Knight episode. And then, oh, okay. So is he tripping out? Is this really a mental situation? That's where he got his Stephen Grant name because of this movie? Or is there something else going on here? But anyways, in this mental institution, you see everyone that's involved in Mark or Stephen's lives just, you know, as different characters or different you know, people inside of this institution. Arthur Harrow is his doctor. I'm still a doctor. Huh? <laughs> but then the cool things that we see about here is that okay you see mark and steven both interact with each other and the thing is you see you make notice this when mark approaches steven's sarcophagus you hear him you know oh, let me out let me out <laughs> all right comes out of that sarcophagus but as they're walking down the hallway you see them pass a room where there's another sarcophagus with that's upright and it's like kind of banging around you know, is that cluing us into the third personality? You know, the one that all the comic people, comic people are saying is Jake Lockley, or or some kind of version of him. You know, but then they kind of didn't do anything; they just like left it alone and kept moving on. So, do they instinctively know that something's going on there, or just passed it for no reason? Yeah. And as the two keep walking down the hallway and finally approach this door that opens. <laughs> And then the part that trips everyone out is like, what the heck was this hippo person doing there? Hippo, hi! <laughs> Apparently this character is all new, even new from the comics. And so I just pulled up the marvel.com website to look the character by on this. Toweret, it's the Egyptian goddess of childbirth. While she is the wife of Bess, the god of luck and probability, she becomes a cohort to Sobek, the god of rivers. Powers of Inyad. As part of the Inyad, Tauret ceases aging at adulthood and cannot die by conventional means. They are resistant to conventional diseases and injury and have superhuman healing, endurance, and reflexes. Only dispersal of a major portion of an Inyad's bodily molecules will cause death, and even then, resurrection via other gods may be possible. Inyad flesh and bone are two and a half times denser than human tissue, and average gods and goddesses can lift about 30 and 25 tons, respectively. Many Inyad possess additional superhuman powers, and most Inyad are skilled therianthropes, able to shift from humanoid form into the animal form that is most sacred to them. Most prefer to manifest in a therocephalus form with a humanoid body and an animal head. 
which we see out of a whole bunch, whole bunch of those Egyptian gods, right? But anyway, besides that, I mean, what does this mean? What is this hippo god here doing in Moon Knight? So, is this just another part of Mark and Steven's, you know, uh, you know, mental situation, whatever's going on, or is is this goddess hippo goddess going to actually help them in some way? I th I think it's that, you know, because this is supposed to be a god of like resurrection, rebirth, or fertility all that kind of stuff so she's gonna probably help guide mark or steven to go through whatever he's going on and then help him resurrect and it kind of thought i had it was like okay since he was shot twice physically and there's still the third persona that we know is there but just don't know it yet maybe that's what's going to help resurrect them but in order to get through there they all have to kind of reconcile with each other or something so Huh, how's that for a thought? All right, so overall with this episode, I don't know, guys. This is... Uh, I, I kind of expected a lot more out of this. We're at episode four, four episodes in. We got two more left. and It's kind of gone this up and down kind of thing going on with the episodes and how I feel like, oh, man, this is great. Uh, this is... Yeah, it's okay. This is kind of the realm of like, okay. I mean, the only thing that trips us out is the end. No, because what the fuck is this weird thing going on here? But I mean, come on, we we got two episodes left. We need to they're gonna wrap this up. Next two episodes, they gotta be fantastic if it's gonna solve this whole series as being really great or whatever. I mean, as far as comparing to the other MCU shows, Marvel shows, I know Loki's still taking the cake here. He's <laughs> that's still a top vote for me. Shoot, I'm even thinking even. Uh, what's it called? Hawkeye series was <laughs> got a little bit more action here, but yeah, I'll give it to them. Everyone in Moon Knight's acting superb. It's really great. There's a lot of story building, and I just wish there was a little bit more oomph to it, or maybe just a little bit, a couple more episodes if they're kind of kind of drag this on. Because if we're only having six episodes, I just want to like jump straight in. All right, get some story, jump some action. Like, do it. I want to see it. That's what I want to see Marvel for. Right? Right. Anyway, that just about does it for me now, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to me. So until next time, have a fantastic day.